Hello, welcome to the Friday, November 4th, 2016 edition of the Sands and its Storms on us Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Earlier today I published a little tool that I'm using to extract binaries that were transmitted via Telnet using the echo command. Have seen this over the last couple of years in many of these Internet of Things style attacks, like most recently with the Mirai botnet, really just a little script that you may find helpful if you ever have to investigate a packet capture that uses this particular trick to transmit for files. DOM-based cross-site scripting vulnerabilities are really a big deal in that many sites and many security professionals still don't quite understand what it's all about, so they're often ignored. Well, uh, Wix.com, which is a large website that allows small business and such to create their own pages, had one of those DOM-based cross-site scripting vulnerabilities that could be used to essentially take over anybody's account. And with that, the exploit script could actually be added to anybody's page and essentially create a worm. The researcher Matt Austin, who originally discovered the flaw, did try to get Wix.com's attention to have it fixed and never really heard back from them. And then went forward and published all the gory details about how to exploit this publicly in his blog. That, of course, got the attention of Wix.com and within a couple hours, they then fixed the flaw. It isn't clear if anybody exploited the vulnerability or if they fixed it so quickly just because they already had a fixed stage, just didn't bother to move it live yet. NIST published a new special publication for public review. The title of the publication is Domain Name Systems Based Electronic Mail Security. Now, when I read the title, I expected more about DMARC and DKIM and features like that. That's actually not what it's about. Instead, it's a very detailed, like down to compiler options and the like, uh, how to guide, how to install postfix, bind, dovecot if you want IMAP in order to provide encrypted emails. So it's about DNSSEC, that's actually a good part of the document, but also how to properly configure SSL certificates and the like. Take a look at it, uh, see if you find anything useful in there. Personally, I find it spends a lot of time sort of with details like compiler settings and such, which uh, probably hardly anybody bothers with given that uh, most users will install these tools uh, from packages that come with various Linux distributions. But uh, beyond the install, there's a lot of details on how to configure uh, the, the software correctly to take advantage of encryption technologies. Like I said, a big focus is also bind and how to configure it for DNSSEC. So if you want to look at that section, uh, that's probably interesting if you haven't deployed DNSSEC yet. The popular browser plugin Web of Trust uh, is suspected of selling user data in anonymized form to data brokers. A German news magazine was able to purchase a few billion records of user data that was anonymized in the sense that there was no name associated with it, but there was a unique user ID associated with the records, which then of course made 
it possible in some cases to actually reconstruct the individual that was responsible for browsing behavior associated with one of these user IDs. Now, Web of Trust does deny to be related to some of the data, but on its website, it actually does state that it will share anonymized user data in the form as it was procured by that German news magazine. Mozilla now went ahead and removed the Web of Trust plugin for now. We'll see how this will all play out, but in general, it has been attempted many times before to collect these large anonymized data sets but if I am able to see every single URL that you visited, then in many cases, it is possible to identify an individual, even if the user's name or email address or, or IP address for that matter is not listed in these logs. Coming Tuesday, we do have elections here in the United States, and there has been quite a bit of news coverage about possible attacks against election systems. At this point, really all I've seen is rumors, nothing specific. The most likely attack that is possible is a denial of service against things like, for example, county election sites that people use to look up where they have to go to vote. So if you're planning to vote, I recommend that you check beforehand, maybe this weekend, where you have to go. Aside from that, I try to stay away from politics and I realize we have a rather national audience, but if you see any phishing emails or other malware or things like that that are related to the election for them, I'll gladly take a look and see what the malware or what the phishing email is trying to accomplish. I also want to quickly summarize some of the feedback that I've gotten from the poll from last weekend. One request was sort of more tools and the like. By all means, if you have a tool, if you have a story that you think I missed, uh, please let me know. I always try to include stories from listeners. I typically do not respond to email and I don't include stories that come from marketing firms that sort of just sent them out in mass emails. Also, if there are any audio issues, any typos in the show notes and the like, uh, best to let me know as soon as you see it. I can't always fix it, but at least I'll know next time to pay better attention. Some also wanted the podcast to run seven days versus five days. Sorry, can only do it five days. I need a couple days off each week. I'm doing this all by myself. So this is it for today and talk to you again on Monday. Bye.